According to the Adoption America Network, there are currently over 515,000 children in the foster care system Mm -hmm. here within the United States. 155,000 of those children are waiting to be adopted. Some 20,000 of those kids waiting to be adopted will eventually age out of the system and some are returned to their families. But I think all in all, that's quite a staggering amount of children waiting for their forever home, a family to love them, cherish, care, and raise them in loving households. Adoption, in my mind, is amazing to take these children who don't have homes and bring them into your own with the promise to love and care for them as your own biological child. It really, really does. I mean, think about it. If it was an easy task to take on, more people would do it. And those numbers that you just read off wouldn't be so staggering. Exactly. So there are many families that, you know, can't have children of their own. So they turn to adoption. They want so badly to raise a family. And then sadly, there are other people who adopt for very sinister reasons. And we're going to refer to them as monsters. And that's exactly where today's story begins. This is the story of missing six-year-old Isabella Kalua, who was born and named Ariel Sellers by her biological parents. Isabella would have turned seven years old just two weeks ago on November 6th, but tragically, Isabella went missing from her home on Puha Street in Wanamalo, Honolulu, Hawaii. She was reported missing by her adoptive parents, Isaac and Lehu Kalua, They had called 911 to report the young girl missing on September 13th at 6.30 a.m. They had stated that they last saw Isabella the prior evening, September 12th, at 9 p.m., and that's when they tucked her into bed, and she was last seen wearing a black hoodie, leggings, colorful socks, and pink-soled Nike slides. What six-year-old is just going to wander off in the middle of the night? Not like she's like 13, sneaking out, (laughs) going with her friends. It's already suspicious. Not typical six-year-old behavior. Six-year-olds are like terrified of the dark. Case in point, me, I was terrified of the dark. <laughs> You're I would still have, afraid of the dark. I, I should still sleep with a nightlight. But when I was a kid, I would like, my mom would turn off the lights, turn my nightlights on. I would literally hike the blankets over my head until I fell asleep because I was so terrified of what was outside my like blanket situation. <laughs> I still sleep with a nightlight. I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isabella had been adopted with her older sister, whose name has not been publicized because she's a minor and for, you know, other privacy reasons, by the Kailuas. It was reported by the U.S. Sun that the biological parents of the girls, Melanie and Adam, were a homeless couple living in the Honolulu area. So at some point, which was not clear in our research, the children were removed from their custody due to constant drug use. The state of Hawaii's Child Welfare Services shows that Isabella and her older sister started living with the Kaluas in February of 2019 before the Kaluas formally adopted both girls in 2021. Another biological sibling was born to the biological parents in 2020 who also became a part of the Kalua family soon after birth. So are the Kaluas just this super loving family that lovingly took in all these siblings to give them a better life, to love these girls and raise them in this beautiful home as if they were their own? You know, just knowing that these children need these experiences that they're never going to have with their biological parents. It takes somebody with a super big heart to adopt three young children. I mean, raising kids is not cheap, Mm -mm. especially if you're raising children that are not your own, you know? They didn't necessarily plan for this. So sadly, I think you guys know where this is going. The Kaluas were far from this loving couple who wanted nothing more 
than to raise three young children. Isaac had multiple offenses on his record dating back to 2001, including felonies for convictions on assault and making terroristic threats. Mrs. Kalua also had her run-ins with the law for drug offenses, but those charges were eventually dropped when she completed her drug course. So, good job, <laughs> Mrs. Kalua. Go. I just ha- that's what I don't understand. How in the world were these girls then even placed with that family? Those you, are serious offenses. You've told me about your friends who have the perfect life who've been trying to adopt and can't even get a child. So you know what I mean for them. But it's oh, weird. Here, the take sy- these three girls. The system's broken. One for each felony. Yeah. Here you go. Oh my god. Touche, Reina. <laughs> Touche. Thank you. The search for young Isabella was on. The HDP and Honolulu FBI personnel began an extensive search for the young girl, and they had help from hundreds of volunteers from this tight-knit community in Honolulu. The community really rallied around looking for the young girl. Everyone was helping search for her. Well, everyone except for the Kalua themselves. Mm-hmm. There was no sign of Isabella anywhere. There was no trace. No personal items were found. Nothing. Not the clothes she was last seen. And the odd part was is that no one in this small community had any idea where she was. Like, no one had seen her maybe roaming the streets. Nothing. It's like she Playing vanished. with friends. Yeah. None of the usual stuff. It's like she and just vanished. Exactly. Now, it's a pretty small community on that island. So the investigators, it just didn't sit right with them that nothing of Isabella's had turned up and that absolutely no one witnessed her. So, of course, in everyone's mind, they're all thinking like, okay, well, where is Isabella? Did something horrific happen to this young girl? Local law enforcement were about to uncover some pretty damning evidence that would change the entire direction of this missing girl's case. So as law enforcement did some digging and the Kahlua's background, they discovered that in October of 2019, Isabella had been taken to a doctor to be treated for a broken finger. The Kahlua's had stated to that doctor that she had just slammed her finger in the door. And then in January 2020, she was taken to the ER with a broken leg. Her parents had told the staff that I guess she broke it, you know, in a trampoline accident. I mean, which is probably typical, but Mm. there is kind of like a little pattern going Mm. on. Why is it only this girl out of the three that keeps getting hurt? Mm. So since Isabella is adopted, by law, both of these incidents resulting in injury had to be reported to CPS. And then CPS determined that there was no maltreatment going on by the parents. So then during the 2020 and 2021 school year, Isabella had been enrolled in kindergarten at the Winamalo Elementary School, but, you know, via distance learning, largely due to the pandemic. But then in June of this year, the Kaluas had filed paperwork at that school saying that they wanted to withdraw Isabella and they were going to homeschool her themselves Mm-mm. at home. No. Investigators recovered surveillance footage at the Kalua's household the day that Isabella had reported missing on September 13th. The Kalua's were quick to tell the investigators that their cameras were sometimes glitchy and would turn on and off all by themselves, which to me, it's like, okay, damage control. Like, why would you even say that? Before you look through the footage, I just want to let you know that it really doesn't work. Yeah. Like, okay. That we turned it off to ensure that nothing was caught on the camera. No suspicion whatsoever. By glitch, I mean that my husband turns it off when we're committing felonies. And then we delete things we don't want you to see. Yes. 
So the investigators reviewed the footage and discovered that the recordings had completely stopped on August 18th. Like that was the last day that any footage was captured from these home security cameras. That also happened to be the last day that Isabella was seen on camera, which immediately led investigators to think that it was possible that the cameras were intentionally turned off and Isabella had gone missing a lot sooner than September 13th when she had been reported missing. She could have disappeared an entire month prior, which is obviously not good for the investigation. So seeing as they have no footage from any day past, you know, August 18th to determine like when she was actually last seen and no eyewitnesses, you know, they didn't have much to dispute this revelation that they had that she could have gone missing back in August. So naturally, investigators start their investigation focusing in on the Kalua family, who were the last ones to physically see their adopted daughter alive. They find out that in mid-August, Isaac had took some time off due to COVID symptoms. So they're like, but did he really have COVID or was it just an alibi to cover his ass for taking some time off of work? So many people had taken their COVID relief time. It was free PTO, like use it or lose it. I know so many people who use that two Mm -hmm. weeks and I'm pretty sure another two weeks was issued (laughs) because one of my friends was off for like a month and a half. Yeah, they were using it. They're like, heck yeah, why not? Yeah. Take that time. So we don't know like Mm -hmm. what Isaac was really doing during that time. So Isabella was reported missing on September 13th. The search for her ceased on September 20th, but the investigation did continue through the month of October, which turned up absolutely nothing. The key to finding out what happened to Isabella and the absolute truth would be her own big sister, another one of the Kalua's adoptive children. And what she told investigators would make any seasoned investigator cringe. On November 5th, the older sister of Isabella sat down with the Honolulu detectives to describe in detail the torture within the home of the Kaluas. Mm. The sister had said that Lehu Kalua had purchased a dog cage online, even though the family didn't own a dog. Oh, that cage wasn't for any dog. That cage was for little Isabella. Ugh. She said that the adoptive parents would lock Isabella up at night in this dog cage. And they did so because Isabella would sneak around the house at night to find food because she was hungry. Oh, my God. Her adoptive parents wouldn't feed Isabella. And sometimes her sister would even, like, try to sneak food to Isabella because she knew that she was starving. She said Isabella had been duct taped over the mouth plenty of times. Oh, my God. She witnessed this by the parents. And then she drops the bomb on the investigators. She tells them that the Kaluas had killed Isabella and then they told her that she needed to keep it a secret. Mm -mm. She said her parents woke her up out of bed at 3.30 a.m. on September 12th, or she thought it was September 12th. She wasn't sure. And she had seen her sister in the bathroom in that dog cage with duct tape all over her mouth and her nose, and she wasn't moving or waking up. She then said that the mother, Lihu Kalua, filled up that bathtub with water and she put little Isabella's lifeless body into the bath to see if it would wake her up, but it didn't. Then the parents asked Isabella's sister to help them carry lifeless Isabella to the bedroom. What the hell? Fucking people. Her parents then told her she, you know, had to keep this a secret. She wasn't to tell a single soul 
what happened to Isabella. Like, why even drag the little sister into, into it? it. She's only like 12 years old. You're two adults. You're carrying out this absolutely like indescribable crime like Horrific. what in your fucking mind hey, we need you to brings help us. you to go to the little yeah to like somehow like rope her in yeah like what are you accomplishing see? here like oh you've seen it too Ugh. so now you have to keep it a yeah. secret it's disgusting Mm-mm. i can't with people put them in a fucking dog cage exactly and then put them in the bath with full of water and drown them that's what i would do while they're alive while they're alive so after the, she had helped them help them take Isabella to the bed, they instructed her to just go back to sleep. How Ugh. like I can't even with these people. The sister then stated that Isaac the father had taken time off of work and that he faked COVID. She knew that he faked COVID mm. and he she knew that he did it. So she said, quote unquote, help the mother get rid of evidence and stuff. Isabella's wow. sister, I know how smart that she can just relay all this information. She's so brave. But Isabella's sister told investigators she didn't know what happened to Isabella after that early morning. She has no idea what they did with her after that. I will never understand the things that people do. Like, fuck you. You adopt these three kids to give them a better life. And then you turn around torture and torture and them, them and kill them, rope their siblings into this abuse physically, visually, mentally. mentally. Like, go fuck you. Sorry. Raina and I are very heated over here talking about this, you guys. So after this very damning interview that brave Isabella's sister came forward with, the cops then raid and arrest Mrs. Kalua at their home on November 10th. They arrested Isaac at his place of work at the Pearl Harbor Navy shipyard. They were both charged with the murder of Isabella and the judge instantly denied their bond. Good. At that time, they entered not guilty, please. Ugh. We watched the Turpin family house of horrors. It gave me chills watching that. I was like texting Raina. I'm like, are you watching this right now? Like, even uh, my boyfriend was watching it. He's like, how old is the girl? I'm like, she's 19. Ugh. He's like, she looks like she's 13. Mm. It's so sickening and disgusting that people like this exist in our world. And sadly, they do. And those were all of their biological children. Can what is wrong imagine? with people? <gasps> and then it's brave kids and, you know, uh, people of all ages that have to come forward like Isabella's sister to provide testimony of these actual things that happened that they've eyewitnessed. I don't know. I just can't stop thinking about like the position she was in, having to relive it. Oh, it's well, absolutely terrifying. And we thought about it too because they still hadn't arrested the parents. She was still living in that house. Can mm. you imagine every night they're like, don't say a word or you're next. Like who knew what I don't they know. inflicted on her? I don't want to know. To make sure she kept that secret inside. I don't want to Mm-mm. It's tor- it's horrific. On Wednesday, November 17th, this past week, the parents were officially indicted on charges in relation to Isabella's death. So in addition to murder, um, her adopted mother is facing one count of hindering prosecution, two counts of abuse of a household member, two counts of persistent non-support, and two counts of endangering the welfare of a minor. Isaac, the adopted father, is facing charges of murder, hindering the prosecution, endangerment charges. If they're convicted, they face life in prison without the possibility of parole. Thank God. Good riddance. Yeah, they're due back in court this week on the 26th. Isabella's remains have not been recovered to this day. 
Investigators are still, you know, continuing their investigation and the search on the Kahlua's property. A deputy prosecutor on the case stated at a court hearing that the parents, the adopted parents, went to great lengths to cover up this murder, allegedly disposing of evidence in various spots around the island. So they're saying if you or anyone you know lives in that area, keep a lookout for anything that could possibly be in relation to the disappearance of Isabella. Authorities ask anyone who has interacted with Isabella or her siblings from the year 2019 to August 2021 to contact investigators or Honolulu Crime Stoppers and we will list that phone number in the show notes. Not all of the evidence collected in this case has been made public but investigators did say that they believe due to the evidence that has been collected Isabella was murdered mid-August an entire month before her adopted parents had reported her missing. The problem now is that is when investigators started on this case, they were already a month behind looking for her, any evidence, you know, anything sketchy going on with the parents. Her parents had 30-ish days to cover up this crime. That's huge. Like, evidence could have been burned. It could have been buried, thrown in the ocean. That's a long time. And he works at that naval shipyard near Mm -hmm. the water. Like, he could have just tossed a bunch of stuff into the ocean. It could never be found. Yeah. Hopefully, they start looking there. I hope they find sweet Isabella. She deserves a proper burial. The city prosecutor, Steve Alm, said, The allegations in this case are heinous beyond description. And he said this at a press release. He said, We will hold Lehu and Isaac Kalua accountable for their alleged crimes against this defenseless child. And that's exactly what she was. She was a defenseless six-year-old child who you promised to love and care for and give a home to. Then just don't adopt. I don't get it. According to Yahoo News, it was reported that the biological family of Isabella is now considering suing the state officials for incompetence for placing Isabella in the care of the Kaluas to begin with. Um... 100% I agree. The children should have never been placed in that home with that past record of the Kaluas. I get that. I I totally agree with that. What I don't agree with is the issue with the parents filing a lawsuit saying that the state wasn't competent. They weren't even competent enough to raise their own children. Who they kept on having. Exactly. So like, I hope that if they are planning to sue and if any money comes out of it, if any, like I said, I hope it goes to the remaining living children or maybe goes into a program that betters the laws governing adoptions, something of that nature. Not handed back to to the the parents. Right? Yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel indifferently about that. And that, you guys, is the story of sweet, sweet missing Isabella. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We are sorry that Friday's episode was a few days late. Everybody blame Marie. (laughs) I'm so so sorry when I called Raina. She's all, oh God, you sound like death yeah trust me it would not have been very easy on the ears but we are here (laughs) it is monday and we we made it work (laughs) going to be back on friday we've got a killer thanksgiving episode coming up pun intended (laughs) so stay tuned please head over to wherever you guys are listening now rate and review us remember five stars only people don't forget We hope you all have a safe and festive Thanksgiving with your family or your friends or whatever you guys have planned. 
I plan to eat a lot and watch The Nightmare Before Christmas. That's like my usual Thanksgiving tradition. Oh, I love that movie. And honestly, I might be that person at the tree lot this weekend picking up my tree to start decorating. It better not be on Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's usually Saturday. We go to the Okay, one that's acceptable. <laughs> get a little glass of wine, get our tree. Yes, because we have one listener in particular that I'm not very happy with. I'm pretty sure his handle is Ray Tongue Cab, who put his Christmas decorations up like a week and a half ago. And I will say, I saw it on Instagram. You did a fabulous job. Okay, not only his tree, the but stockings. like the stockings, the wreaths, the tablecloths. And he's like, it's so comfortable yeah. and cozy in my house. I'm like, take it down. It's not even Thanksgiving. Have us over though. We'll have a little cocktail by the fire. Yes. I mean, <laughs> fuck, why not? <laughs> all right, guys. We hope, yes, you guys all have the best Thanksgiving. Send us your pictures of your plates stacked to the max. Oh, yeah. We'll do you prefer them. ham or turkey, by the way? I do turkey. Last year when we were here, you had quite a spread and I did have some of the ham, which I really like. But my dad's doing his famous fried turkey this year. So, okay. I'm a ham type person. And the only reason why we have a turkey in the house on Thanksgiving (laughs) is because one year we didn't and our child was pissed. So, how uh, dare you? (laughs) My plate will be stacked a mile high with some honey baked ham. We're doing scalloped potatoes for the first time. Ooh, that sounds good. We'll share our pictures. You guys share your picture. All right, guys. We will see you bright and early this Friday morning. Bye, Bye guys. guys.